Los Angeles, 1937. There are lots of guys like J.J. Gittes. They're easy to find, if you want to find them. Mr. Gittes, have we ever met? Well, no. Never? Never. Since you agree with me that we've never met before, you must also agree with me that I've never hired you to do anything, certainly not spy on my husband. I don't get tough with anyone, Mr. Giddies. My lawyer does. You do your job. And sometimes you find the answers to questions that should never be asked. <laughs> I've never seen this far right. What happens to people who ask them? Plans to kind of do an American accent. Kitty cat. <laughs> Where were you when your husband died? You were seeing someone too. For very long. I don't see anyone for very long, Mr. Giddens. It's difficult for me. The most 70s trailer <laughs> I've ever seen. The voiceover. Yeah, it's so good. Crime. Mystery. Yeah, yeah. so that was uh, Roman Polanski's 1974 masterpiece, uh, Chinatown, starring a young uh, Jack Nicholson and a sultry Faye Dunaway. Um, yeah, the, uh, it would have won, uh, won, won Oscar for just the screenplay. Uh, is it written by Polanski? Polanski and one I love, but uh, he's credited, but it's yeah. mostly uh, some really famous guy. But this is what made him famous. Yeah, um, fuck what's his name? I don't know, but he's very yeah. famous. But didn't they just say his name at the end of the trailer? Nah, that no, that was the director, producer, producer, or sorry, producer. Um, um, yeah, released around like you know peak of Polanski's powers, just like one one of his uh, most critically acclaimed films, and I uh, really just like. I don't know. Is this his biggest film? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. And like, renowned as his best. Um, the plot, I think renowned as one of the best films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, um, the plot following the whole water department scandal of Los Angeles kind of parallels the um, development of, the, of what actually happened in Los Angeles, like pre World War One, it's like the turn of the century around then. Uh, obviously, this movie's set in like the thirties, so just like it is fictitious, but it just like draws on a lot of those parallels and the attitudes of the farmers at the time and how the water was getting manipulated and moved around, and a bunch of people making money while others were losing their properties, their farms. Um, what were our thoughts, boys, on Chinatown? Well, I mean, this was perhaps the 
the most powerful critique of capitalism that we've had in any of the films so far, and I mean that completely seriously, is that it starts with the um, taking advantage, or not taking advantage, the commercialisation of an essential service, the most essential service, Mm. um, and then there's this evidently heroic guy who liberates the water um, and then he dies and the supervillain throughout and it's kind of particularly interesting with the Polanski films as always happens I guess is that the baddie wins which is mm. really rare particularly for this time um, and again but but what makes this guy a baddie apart from the incest is initially anyway the, the, the raw capitalistic nature like he, he wants to make money out of the essential service and he's just completely taking advantage of people and then it's like Polanski or the writer sprinkles on top some incest to make him this next level villain um, but yeah no that only just appeared or I only just realised that then that maybe, I mean probably that's part of the reason Polanski's films are so powerful is that they they mirror real life and capitalism where the villain wins The Walkthrough brought to you by the Marxist Radio Centre Prove me wrong mate <laughs> Look I think that's critique is entirely right I mean obviously the um, unbridled greed um, uh, but it's 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 I don't think it's a um, necessarily a critique of capitalism <laughs> here we go here's the defence <laughs> as opposed to a critique of um, incompetence in the in the <laughs> government <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. the exact point of why we shouldn't have any government controlling the records <laughs> and this moron with his yeah, fucking draw yeah. which he can't even pull out <laughs> like fucking he's the, he's the doesn't even realise that dead people and yeah, nearly dead yeah. people have been purchasing land in the valley yeah, yeah, yeah. for the last week oh we've seen a lot of we've seen a yeah, lot of land sales in the yeah. valley last week well, I don't know whatever look, I just push buttons should we look into this yeah <laughs> no I don't get paid enough I'm about to get the fucking sticker yeah. tape out a couple of times put this in the records I'm yeah. waiting for 5pm mate I'm not looking into that <laughs> shit I've had to tape in a lot of names put a lot of yeah. product, uh, yeah. properties in escrow all of this doubt, drought riddled area <laughs> oh jeez Next week, Connor's just like, yes, we're doing Wall Street. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're doing that Wolf of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, <laughs> preferably. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Um, wow, it was, really, it was a really good film. Uh, it was really good. Um, I suppose, I mean, do we want to go further on to discussion of, of the villain? Um, should we start off there? I think... Jeez, he was powerful. And, and for the sense of you know, dread and the sense of um, just the impact that he had on the few scenes. Mm. Obviously, you've got this sense of unease when you first meet him at the dinner table. Serving of the fish head is just very strange. I wonder if there's some sort of metaphor there. He He says, I I believe it should be served with the head. Yeah. And then by the time we see him next, he transcends into a fucking literal goblin, mm. like in the when last scene. When do we see him scene. next? When he's the in last the house. scene, basically. Yeah. Yeah. When right. Comes to meet him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because he's so tall. And it's, he's it's so like, just. We, so this is the second Roman Polanski. This is the second Roman Polanski film we've done on the pod, and the end of that film, it just immediately took me back to Rosemary's Baby, and you've got literal like. The devil, like clutching yeah. his seed and taking her away, and, <laughs> and um, it's just unabated. Um, just, uh, just a note. Uh, this was this film, Chinatown, was made five years after the Sharon Tate murder. Yeah, so that you know, still fresh in his mind, still right there. Can why well, do we want to continue with the film? Oh, well, I mean, it's kind of so. What's, what were your thoughts on? what's the motif of Chinatown, and like what so? What's the yarn? Yeah, there? so I was I was gonna So obviously you come through the film and all these references to Chinatown, they're nonsensical to begin with. And then but as it goes through, you obviously pick up on a theme that throughout the film, Chinatown represents corruption, lawlessness, lawlessness. Why Chinatown? Just, because that's just, where he was. Because Chinatown, it's bust. Well, it's where the, the cops originally started, and that's how he knows the investigator, Mr. Escobar. And they're making jokes about, oh, you're arresting Chinamen for speeding on the floor and stuff. But Chinatown's meant to represent, like, the total chaos and decay of society in a lot of ways. That it's just, like, bustling, it's non stop, there's no, there's no law enforcement whatsoever. Right. 
Um, he owns the cops is the line she yells at the end there in the middle of Chinatown. Yeah. They're shooting at a woman who we know is innocent towards the end. Chinatown yeah. is, is meant to represent like everything that justice is not. And so throughout the film, it's, that is built up in the references to Chinatown. And then you finally culminate in the scene in Chinatown yeah. where the obvious injustice takes place. Um, and Connor's right that every reference to Chinatown is more specific than the one before it. Yeah. So at the start, they start off really general, and by the end, they're actually going to Chinatown. And it deliberately is built, it builds like that. It, it, um, when I first started watching the film, I had no idea. I was like, why is this film called Chinatown? It, it, this does not make sense. And then obviously throughout the film... I mean, I think Polanski do, is doing that to throw you a bit as well. I mean, it's a key motif of the film for sure. But it's it's also like, you know, there's bigger things at play in the film than thinking, the Chinatown element. I'm thinking, is 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 Kong the murderer? Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, like, is this some sort of Chinese like you know what's plot? The, the uh, how they gonna work mafia. these maids into it? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah, the famous line at the end of yeah, forget it, forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Is kind of. Like he's saying, and if forget it, this is capitalism, this is how it is. But the capital, yeah, the capitalism read is completely correct, and in the end, that that line is like yeah, essentially yeah, what he. Is. It's an easy way of him saying, "Forget it." The money rich wins. owns yeah. the police. The mo- money runs this situation. Um, water. He's going to get what he wants from the water. He's yeah, going to make no the profit. They're poisoning the land. They're fucking over the farmers. He's going to irrigate the it land. Yeah, and don't worry about it because that's just how it works. And you're a good guy in a bad world. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. Um, I so we're coming back to the villain from like just aside from the plot and the screen and the dialogue, like yeah, obviously the cinematography and then the music and the scenes. So Jack Nicholson was in literally every single scene. I think. Yeah, and not yeah, only yeah. in it, but like. On the non-stop camera. dialogue, basically the it's entire. It's a classic, like it's in the same way that you have literature with the first-person perspective of the protagonist. This is a first-person perspective of the the protagonist in the film, and it's there's not a scene without him in it. Is that? I don't it? think so. And no. you're often from yeah. his perspective too, yeah. like when he's going through the house. You, you know, you don't. Know well, it's filmed house. like that's the genre of the film, but yeah. it's like. To me, the reason no, well, but it's such an incredible film is that you've got the psychological element going on, which is like Polanski's bread and butter. His best films are always psychological thrillers. You have that going on with the element of the incest, the the element of the father and the daughter. But then at the same time, you've it's got this murder, murder mystery storyline happening, which is a completely different genre of film. And he's layered the two genres on top of each other. And at, at times, different scenes are pushing you in different ways. So there's scenes where it's like very much more drama orientated. And there's other scenes, like, like you said, where the camera's following him, that the film starts like that. But even later on in the film, when he goes um, to view the house where she's keeping mm. the daughter slash sister... It's like from his perspective, it's panning around. It's it's a mystery film throughout the whole film. Yeah, and, and, and the, the mystery film has to be filmed from his perspective because otherwise you lose some of the mystery. If you have scenes without yeah, him, yeah, yeah, without him, without him discovering things, if you have an omniscient uh, camera and an omniscient um, viewer, then you lose some of the mystery. Well, that, that's why it's fun because you go along on the journey with him and your yeah. perspective, and that's why when you know the incest happens, you, like with Jack Nicholson, you're like, ah, oh god. And um, just a side note before I forget, the guy who plays Noah Cross, John Houston, is the director of Mal- of the Maltese Falcon. Really? Which is yeah. one of the biggest murder mystery films of all time. It's a 50s film. Film noir. Like yeah. A classic. It's like the quintessential, the, the quintessential film noir film. film. I mean, that was effectively a film noir. So it's a, noir it's a bit of a, um, a bit of a homage to his oh, film yeah, and his genre to have him as the kind of leading bad guy in the right, film right. yeah well that's amazing so he was a director who's not even a, is he, did you have any acting experience or? I don't think so yeah, yeah. this is yeah yeah oh, really? yeah. oh wow yeah wow. so it would have been a big deal for him to accept this film and how fucking good he plays that character you like your spine's like tingling in every scene that he's yeah, in yeah well it's so the movie was and from the perspective from pleasure having it's like so tense throughout which is cool yeah. it's why it's enjoyable film and the, as I said the music and the sound effects you're like, music's, ah, yeah the music's amazing yeah does it do we want to have a quick discussion about film noir and about um, our experience with film noir? Has anyone 
Is anyone a, a I big fan? Do. <laughs> <laughs> I do, yes. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, um, I must say, I haven't watched a whole lot of film noir, but what this film, like, e- echoed to me is, has anyone seen Blade Runner 2049? This film just oh, yeah. Like, yeah, screamed, yeah. like, Blade Runner 2049. It was like... Yeah, kind of following Gosling the whole way through. There were literal, like, beats that were similar, and I guess I hadn't really appreciated the, the film noir aspect of Blade Runner 2049. Who directs that? Didn't, didn't even know. Oh, okay. Um, and I think it's that that's just left me with. Uh, I'd want to go and fucking watch a whole bunch of other film noirs now. That's um. Watch the Maltese Falcon. Let's get me. I'm, I'm cracked. Seen, yeah. Watch the Maltese yeah. Falcon. It's it's amazing. Black what and white. It? What yeah. year is it, mate? It's noir. In the fifties. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like fifty five, fifty four, something like that. Yeah. Who's in it? Humphrey Bogart. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right, okay. Is the lead in it. Because Jethro and I, when Jethro was living down the street, we went through a bit of a Humphrey Bogart stage. Like we watched, um, have, you, have you heard um, of the African Queen? Yeah, it's like, yeah, fucking that. epic as well. His yeah. films are so good. Like some things in them don't hold up, but like over, like you should definitely watch the Maltese Falcon if you like Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the whole water thing was cool. Was yeah, like you don't often get. I mean, effectively, it's just a. <laughs> okay, like capitalism. But it's just like an economics thing. It's just like could be you know, um, like no, it's a big short or something. It's a bit of geology like, thrown in there as well. Oh yeah, but, 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 but <laughs> like so many other little. Well, but it's, my point is, it doesn't hold like, your hand at all. Definitely. It, it, yeah, it, but like, there's plenty of movies that use you know, an economic issue as kind of the vehicle, particularly at the start. But it was just interesting to back, as you said, Zan, even though the time period doesn't quite work out, obviously, reasons for that. But um, that was just really interesting, and because it's such a primal kind of part of human life, to see um, how that plays out at the, at the mm, start of the year. It was just different. The things you need in life water, food, shelter, Marxism. Is, is yeah, that right? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Friend. But I think it's interesting, like, there's, like, a phenomenon that started from this film that, like, what Zan mentioned at the start, how the actual water wars in California were, like, pre-World War One. I. I think it was, like, 1910 it all started. And people, when they think of the California water wars, actually think of this era because this yeah. film did such a good job of engaging that topic and engaging um, the viewers in that story that, like, when they think of it now, they're like, oh, that happened, like, pre-World War Two, and, like... You know, this is what they did. Because pretty much what they did in the film is exactly what happened. But the film just did it so well that it's, like, it created a history of its own that people, like, think that it was this era. Yeah, right. Which is pretty unreal. Um, well, do we want to have the California yarn about... <laughs> just, what, what California about yarn is there? I think that movie could have taken place in Nevada just. as well. How much of a shithole it is. <laughs> but it's full place. of corrupt people, full oh. of corrupt people today. It hasn't changed. <laughs> Look, could this film be said in 2020? Absolutely could be. 100%. <laughs> Mate, you just have... But instead, of, instead of water, it's Hollywood. Yeah, instead of water, it's like... It's like little children being, uh, you know, like... Traffic. Trafficked. Yeah. And there's always a bit of runoff. Yeah, exactly. Runoff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, what do we think about the killing of Mole Ray? So, like, obviously, throughout the film, um, it's... It's alluded to that, like, he was killed because of his knowledge of what he had on what they were doing with the water, diverting it. He wasn't going to build yeah, the so dam. Yeah, so can we break down... But then the, the personal actual... element comes in later when you find out that he's actually so, gone yeah, and married he her. Protecting... Yeah. Is, so that, that's the implication, isn't it? That, obviously, he ra- she ran away and he kind of saved her and saved the kid. And, and she's grown so... up thinking that Mulray's her father and... Yeah, and so that's why... Um, uh, Johnny Houston was his name in the movie. Noel Cross. Noel Smart, Cross. White Cross, I guess. It's that dual thing. Or maybe... Oh, no, yeah. So we're saying so Cross... And he took well, it was like, did he kill family. him for the economic reasons? And they tried to... Or is it, was it more complex than that? And it was the personal well, was element the person. as well. Well, yeah. well, both. But then... It's probably they're, the, they're, the two are wrapped it's together. Really. And again, it shows the evilness of the but capitalism. So do we, of like the incest is wrapped up with So, it. But we don't understand how exactly it went down. How he killed him? Yeah. No, not exactly. So it could have been. Giddis uh, has that. Which, speaking of that, how funny is it? How he just calls him the wrong name the whole film. Yeah, Mister Gitts. He like he like corrects him once early on in the fish scene, and then after that, he's just calling him the wrong <laughs> name for the rest of the fucking film. So it could be something if you were to wrap it up in a nice, neat little package. It could be something along the lines of 
Cross comes to confront Mulray about um, his investigations into the water, comes across his daughter that he hasn't oh, been aware yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. Escalation That's occurs. True. Murder occurs. Two birds, one stone. That yes, definitely. Yeah, could, but it could, could occur anyway. Could occur anyway. Because could, have been, could have been a purely economic, could have been purely passionate. So is that because some of the dialogue at the end cross lens towards that he has never seen her or hasn't seen her in a very long time. And he says, oh, I don't have many years left. She's mine too or whatever. So it's like, have they been trying to hide her this whole time and he didn't know or like what was the scenario there? Because if they were business partners, presumably they still had a lot to do to, with each other until... Oh, yeah, you'd think so. Yeah. And I mean, but... You could also also point towards the just purely emotional aspect because certainly Cross seems to have no qualms with his power, his power in the in the county. Um, you know, even if Mulray was onto it, he, I, I don't think he necessarily would have been worried about that. Yeah, he but, certainly wasn't worried it, about stealing an incestuous offspring in front of the police. Like, yeah, oh, I think, but it was in China. But I think it shows when you. You dig into the capitalism evilness and, and you don't have to go very deep to find, like, absolute scumbaggery. But, um, yeah, no, I love the power play of the wrong name when you really pick that up. It's like, it's like if someone called Dan Zane, like, you just kept doing it. You're yeah, like, oh, just like, constantly like, doing it like, every scene. What like, do you say? Like, Mr. Boseman. Particularly when they're so, um, like, powerful. Um, another another quick yarn. And I'm glad you've led the conversation so well here, Zan. Yeah, um, yeah. But that, that's the sign of a great host, that they let the, the guests do the talking. It's like, you, um, you really want to insert capitalism, you really want to just fight back. So I'm, just, I'm, just letting, I'm just letting this happen. Um, private detectives. Just like... <laughs> the whole concept of it is mm, fucking yeah. amazing. It's so and odd. I swear to God, it's like... It's so odd. We would not have private detectives in Australia. Like, it's just not a thing. But like, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah, it is. Yeah, we, so no, we, we have, have private investigators. Play, yeah, like it's a thing. Put, they'll, they'll put investigators it's a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, they, they, they definitely just, do. They're just not slick in a suit and do Yeah, they're not Jack Nicholson. No, they're not. Were they in the Yeah, I think they were. I think they were. They're not climbing onto roofs, taking photos and like... I reckon they were in the suit. Yeah, probably. Back in the day when, like, you could actually do that. But, like, literally, stuff, like, flying, yeah? the private investigator is, like, the goat story yeah, yeah, professional you're, role. Yeah, because you, it's, like... It's you're, so you're much better cop. than a cop story. Yeah, but they're not yeah. a cop. Yeah. yeah. Well, they're, 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 they're the ethics of a cop. Yeah. 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 They can do anything. <laughs> they can do everything. They're it's outside the authorities. So their morals are they low. So they can be the good guy and, like... Still turn oh, yeah, that, I've done some bad to, things. Exactly, exactly. They have a little bit of the anti They always get on. to have that conversation yeah. of like, I'm not on the force anymore. Yeah. You can tell me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a cop. How many times yeah, does he say yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's got that constant tension with the new lieutenant. They obviously like, came up at the same time. Oh, he made he lieutenant, he went the other yeah. way. He's like, I make more money now. And like. Yeah. Um, well, what? It, yeah, the, the nose cutting and the. the, the okay, can we talk about this? Yeah, yeah. So, what. Is the reasoning so we've spoken? So we spoke when we we're watching the film about how Nicholson, for the middle third of the film, after plans his character, cuts him in the nose. He wears this nose bandage for the rest of the film, takes it off, shows the nose bandage at the end. Uh, shows the nose wound at the end. First of all, I think, like accepting that that's the way Polanski went to go with it. What's the symbolism of him taking off the bandage at the end? Is it is it some sort of you know he's he's taking off you know there's no more preconceived notions well, that's he's, he's taking the gloves off and he's bearing into the world uh, so let's have that discussion and the second discussion why do you put your lead actor Jack Nicholson and you cover half his face for half your film well, so it could have been any injury but he chose specifically to have that injury what's the reason behind I that I had I start with the latter um I've had the thought, particularly when I broke my arm, or just generally when you have an injury, you're like, fuck, you never see... I honestly remember having this thought being like, you never see anyone in a movie with an injury. And it, like, it completely changes your life. Like, if you've got a broken arm or a serious injury. Like, your your lifestyle is completely affected by that. And I'm like, I just never do that in a movie. So, I think it could be something as simple as that. It's just, like, cool, weird, different. And then yeah. you put it on the nose because it's the most prominent part, so you always see it. Um, and then in terms of the symbolism behind it, so, plot-wise... After he takes it off, he first starts to get intimate with her, and he first starts to get really close to her. So I'm trying to think if there's a connection there, but is it that he's showing his, like his weak, like his weakness, his exposed wound, his emotional interplay, and then he becomes involved with her, and that results in him eventually 
fucking around the police to allow her to try and escape. Yeah, well, that's... Well, so, yeah, that's when he first gets connection with her, but I don't know that... Yeah. But is it, is it just a symbolism of, you know, because he's exposing the wound, exposing himself? Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, her. I think it's... I think Polanski's a bit more sophisticated. I think it's oh. basic. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe, maybe. Um, Zan, what's your thought? I would have said that, like... Because you have that first the, uh, part where he's, like, he's perfectly fine, no wound. That middle part where he's bandaged and the last part where... He's got the wound, but it's revealed. Um, I, I, don't, I don't think it would have the last part would have more to do with his exposure of himself to <coughs> Evelyn, because it doesn't like really link up with like the rest of the plot points and like his various stages of the facial thing. I think it's more to do with just like if there's if the symbolism is there and you can read into it, so why not? Um, it would be like at the start, he's like, yeah, you know, doing my job, kind of in here. It's a bit weird, whatever. I want to know what's going on. And I'll look into it. Gets cut. It's covering it up. Just like now he's a bit like, oh, what the fuck's going on here? I'm invested in this. But like once it's off, it's a bit like, I care about what's going on here. I'm not <clears> taking no for any like I'm hitting you until you're telling me what's happening. I'm not taking your bullshit. I'm dodging the cops. I'm calling the cops when it suits me. Like I'm like getting to the bottom of this and fuck everything else. Because like now this is, this is mine. This is like my life and I'm, it's affected me and I'm, like, taking charge of this situation. Yeah, yeah it's cool. It's kind of, it, like, exactly. It's, like, just the simple thirds division of the film and mm. the kind of start, the middle part, and the end. And, that's, yeah, that's all kind of... Yeah, I always, I always just took a common sense approach to it. Like, I'd, I never thought about it as deeply as Connor um, has presented it, but, like, you might be onto something that I've just missed in the times I've watched it, but I always thought of it as, like, that's, like, a big kick-up in the film in that before that... He's kind of taking photos and he's keeping his distance. But then he's starting to notice that they're siphoning off water. He gets flooded that time when he's there. There's obviously a large amount of water that's been run off. And there's two guards there. And one is willing to just like slice his nose open and say, you're not coming back. That there's like bigger forces at play that he first suspects. So to me, it was almost like a plot device in like being able to display the severity of what's happening and the people that are involved. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it was like a constant reminder of what had happened. And it's quite like a brutal injury. Like it's not like he stabs him in the nose or anything. He actually like cuts the, like the flesh of his nose open. So there would be a gap between and it heals quite fast in the film, but I'm like, presumably that would be stitched up and be like pretty fucked up for a while. Um, Yeah. And it would hurt so much. Yeah, that, that kind of also the point we're making that he's in every scene and on camera in every scene. So to have that such a central injury that's so conspicuous. Yeah, and kind of as kind of saying like, there's just no way that the director isn't like the focal of every shot. Yeah, like, a good portion of the film is this injury. And it, but it's quite interesting because I feel like it's it's covering obviously this part of his face. But, like, you still get all his mouth mm. movements and his mannerisms. Oh, totally. It doesn't obscure anything. Which I think is interesting that, obviously, like, they've chosen that. They couldn't have something that, like, affected his... They couldn't have something over his mouth, for example, or... His eyes. Yeah, sure. his eyes. Yeah. And there is, like I said, there's some great iconic shots that you can find online where it's, like, Nicholson in the, in the seat getting the makeup done and it's, like, sideways and he's got the... Getting the nose done and, like, there's some legendary photos from this film being... Um, Shot. Is there anything in the film we didn't like? Any any I mean, not a fan of incest, but <laughs> as a plot device, pretty crazy. So I think I, I, I mean, I don't know. Like I, I didn't like the second half as much, but I'm like, well, that's just because it was uncomfortable. I'm like, that's the whole point. But I kind of liked the open investigation at the start. But I suppose the movie's always going to have to get more narrow, and that's just the, that's just the point of the mystery. Mm. But. Um, I don't know, I would have liked a, a scene at the end where he was kind of out in the big open expanses, but I don't know, that wasn't really the plot. A little, yeah. I don't know, it all sort of came back down, it was shut yeah. down, it got dirtier, grindier, smaller. Well, that's interesting. The pacing then, got like, a lot faster start, too. Yeah, he's, he's out in these open fields and a farm and stuff, and then by the end, yeah, he's in like dingy Chinatown. Is there, is there any connection between the maids being, obviously... Of Asian descent and Actually, that's the first time thing? I've ever thought about that. In like, I think I was I was saying to Connor before. I think I've seen this film close to ten times, and that's the first time that viewing them where I've thought about like the significance of all the maids in the film yeah. being yeah, Asian. The, the, like, was that a like, reflection of 
the 1930s at that time? Were they predominantly in that job before the Mexicans came or something? Yeah. Like, well, I think it's, why I think it's, are they all... It's two things. One, you have to have a vehicle to get to Chinatown at the end. So yeah. the only reason why they go to Chinatown is because... It's because he lives there, yeah. Address, yeah. That's where they're hiding out. So that you need that vehicle, so you have yeah. them as the, yeah. as the maids. But also, yeah, it's probably a commentary on, um, you know... Uh, social class. Uh, you know, and... un- yeah, social class and, un- you know, the... Um, the the lower class exploitation made work things like that the exploitation of migrants things like that yeah probably a little bit of that just drizzling on top I thought it was also like a bit of like a subtle just like the same way they keep referring to Chinatown it's also just a bit of a subtle just like Chinatown 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 yeah so you think about yeah that kind that's of true yeah kind of like yeah that that yeah that whole yeah because they're they're the first thing that he sees almost every time they open a door or whatever it's like <laughs> the first <laughs> yeah that's true um. Cinematography, like mm. this movie is it, like it, it's it's um it's so the screenplay good. is phenomenal. The acting's phenomenal. There's so many things about it that are, like the music, everything's just incredible. But the thing that always stands out to me, and I, it always hits me like pretty early on, especially like when he's sleuthing, like in those scenes where um he's following Mole Ray down to the dry riverbed, and he's like looking over his shoulder, and then they hit the binoculars, get the inside the binoculars from like then to like. To the next twenty minutes, just like every uh, every shot or every other shot is just like some of the bo- most beautiful cinema I've seen yeah. in years, and there's just like there's a couple of shots that, um, when he's driving through the um, orchards mm. and they've got him in the camera in the yeah, seat behind stop. him. Yeah, and yeah. He's just like driving. It's in the car. It's in the yeah. car, you've got right like behind his view, and then he hits the reverse to same sort of thing, and then at the very end, there's that scene where. Evelyn's driving away and we and like this is the one time you, the camera doesn't go with the character that it's like initially locked on mm. and they leave the frame and then obviously something horrendous yeah, happens oh, the cinematography when he's driving through the hills when he goes to Curly's house and you've just got those old houses it looks like the cover of that Eric Clapton album um, the one's got Let It Grow On and stuff it's literally just like these old like sandstone California houses and it's literally just like a, it's a transition scene where he's driving to try and like get rid of them when he goes to Curly's house and it's just like the sun's like hitting all the houses and glowing it's just like it's magical cinematography yeah. and the, yeah the second fifth of the movie the dialogue so it starts pretty heavy dialogue and obviously the end is but the second it, fifth it drops yeah it drops off a bit while you have those cool scenes and particularly as you build the tension um, when he went to Curly's house, did we? I don't know if you guys seen the movie. I didn't, had no idea that was happening until he got there. Like I didn't know he was gonna like spin him. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, I so I was like, spin. I like, I mean, I knew there would be something, but I didn't know it would be that kind of. Yeah, like, like, what is he thinking? What is yeah. he doing here? Yeah, How's he gonna like, get out of this? Did, did you notice Curly's wife had a black eye? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. From the photos at the start, yeah. yeah. So I to, back to the very start of the, to the very start of the film. Um, speaking of the cinematography, is obviously very. Um, intentional and it just helped build the scene so well with just even things and without you know dialogue without um, exposition just literally filming shots through the binoculars and then filming shots in the rear view mirror you just get this you get immediately immense in the private detective aspect of this is you know you're looking through binoculars you're sitting in cars observing people through here you're looking through photographs looking through camera lenses all these things like this that was just um that's just a brilliant example of providing exposition without you know overly exposing it um and then there was just one other thing i wanted to speak about which you just mentioned and it made me think of something and I forgot yeah. it now. No, it's completely post. Oh, okay, you can't think of talking about. What was, were you just talking about? I was saying like he uh, he was following him in the in the orchards down the river. All those like you know, no nothing. That was something more pointed <laughs> than that. <laughs> Fuck you. There was um <laughs> there was another scene when uh, Evelyn was uh, coming. She she had just like checked in on the on the daughter or something, and um, Giddis had snuck into her car. And there was a there was a shot from inside the car, and you could see his face in the rear view reflection as she's approaching the car, and then she gets in, it kind of pans around, and then she's like hits them both, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just oh, it's just impeccable, you know. It's like no one no one films like that anymore. You never Can we talk it. about the uh, Jack Nicholson Roman Polanski connection? Anyone interested in that? Or yeah, absolutely, I am now. I didn't know there was well, one. Didn't know the, um, Please yeah, enlighten me. Good, eh? The 
the thirteen year old that Roman Polanski had sex with was at Jack Nicholson's house and in Jack Nicholson's spa. Yeah. So Jack Nicholson was away, different country at the time, and his live-in girlfriend was there, but she left the house while the photo shoot was going. Wait, did this happen post that movie or? Yes. Right. Yeah. But they're obviously quite good friends after the, yeah, this film. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> but there you go. Yeah. This is a little side note. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. That's nerd corner. That's pedo yeah. corner. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Staying on theme of pedo corner, is it uh, anybody in, like have any thoughts on the villain being, you know, uh, with a fifteen-year-old daughter? Fifteen-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just put you know, is just yeah. He's got <laughs> some. He's got damage. The more films, the more yeah. films that you watch of his, the sexual innuendo and the sexual plot lines in the films he's always exploring the most uncomfortable sexual realities of society like whether it's like BDSM no matter what it is he takes something and he makes it uncomfortable and then he turns the uncomfortable up a hundred in like all these films how weird is it seeing the daughter come down the stairs dressed in white men, like doing all the yeah. symbols of purity type thing and then in the back of your mind you're just kind of like incest kid you know like yeah yeah and, and like the obsession with Satan and as we said that guy like looks like Satan when he's grabbing the kid and like the and she's Satan. covered in blood in the white dress at the end yeah and I suppose that's kind of the thing of Satan taking purity which obviously in Polanski films is symbol, symbolised by young women um the hor- horrificness of the scene at the end, particularly the blood and stuff, and I did read in, I think it must have been Wikipedia, that the, I don't think in the plot, shock horror, the, in the script rather, I don't think the ending was that full on. Um, I think she just died, whereas obviously Polanski was like, oh no, we better fucking both her off. And the, the, um, original, the original ending, oh, Evelyn sorry. shoots Noah Cross and he dies. Oh really? Yeah. Oh. So the original ending, oh. the guy who originally... Yeah, the guy who originally wrote it, yeah, had that and plans. He was just like, we got to mix it up, and he held in agree with it and was like, and Roman, and now he's come out. It, it wasn't even now, sorry. He came out like twenty years later and was like, Roman was right. Like the ending needed to be that, like that. So, I thought of what I wanted to say. Okay, so yeah, you know, it just got, it just got everyone shut up. Kind of so, yeah. Yeah. so you had the scene where so she's come out. Um, Jack Nicholson's in the car. Jack Nicholson surprised her. Which I, 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 I mentioned this. Which is how you triggered it, Sam. <laughs> and uh, you reminded me of my really good point. And she's. You're right, that was a lot deeper than it's what crazy. you said. <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't thought of it like that, actually. And she's emotionally, you know, she's, uh, she's emotionally worn down. And the, and you have this little moment where, you know, she's trying to be secretive about, you know, not raising attention to the daughter slash sister inside. And she accidentally, like, drops her head down on the horn. Mm-hmm. And you had the. And then at the end of the film, as Zan said earlier, you've oh, got this. You've, you've got the. It's okay. it's driven away. You don't have you don't have um, insight. You can't see what's happening, but you just hear this. Yeah, I mean, I did. I like, did wonder what was the point of the horn at the start. Yeah, I didn't notice that. That's exactly at the end. It is useful. I didn't consider that ah. as foreshadowing. Right? Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's like we reckon a horn's foreshadowing. Oh, is that is a hundred percent foreshadowing? Yes, like, that is a hundred percent, mate. Call plans go up right now. He'll be like, I'm glad. I mean, go. like you, you're right. There's two coincidental. I mean, in a at, at film, this but, point, though, in in cinema, you hear like if someone's shooting at, at someone driving a car, and then you hear a horn. Mate, those shots were no, going the, nowhere. The, the I, horn, I thought she was a five hundred percent. It yeah, took me a while to figure the, out. Yeah, the, the horn is so important, and then the horn. But I'm saying, like. So they, I, could, they could have not had that first scene, and you'd still be like, you'd, yeah, but, yeah, you'd yeah. hear the prolonged horn and be like, okay. yeah, you figure it out for a while, but this this gives you the there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, no, no doubt. It's a good point. Like, it is a good point. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, look, I'll give it, give him that one. That's so like, it'd be interesting to know who won Best Actor in 1974, so and like how Jack, the fuck. I think it's Jack Lemmon. And like, how the fuck did Jack Nicholson not win it? So I think it's no. I think it's Jack Lemmon for Save the Tiger. No, it might be. Is this the Godfather year? 
this Godfather 2 year? Is it 1974? 74. Yes, that's the Godfather 2 year, and I'm pretty sure it's the year Arcani wins for this weird film, Harry and Tonto. Jack Lemmon Oh, so it's like, fuck, I'll pick that movie there, so that's a good movie. It's not as good as that. It's not as good as that. I haven't seen it. It's a good movie, we should watch it. Um, and he's fucking amazing in it. I suppose, so Save the Tiger, he's, like, it's just Jack Lemmon's performance. Mm. Like, the film's pretty basic. Whereas that, you know, sometimes that happens. So it's like, a cla- it's like the films that still win now. Yeah, it was the What's classic. the guy that won for Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh exactly. my God. Did he actually win? He, no, he actually won the He won Best Actor and that film yeah. sucked. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my God. The film, but his performance was good. Exactly. But the exactly. film was not good. <laughs> It was more good when you just put veneers on. Like, well, like, no, 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 pretty, he's, pretty, he's pretty good he's pretty, in it. Yeah, he's pretty good in um, it. But yeah, likewise, film is not a masterpiece though. So. Whereas in Save the Tiger, it's, it's sort of basic, but Jack Lemmon's really good. Uh, and and also, it's you know, it's like winning MVP in the NBA. Yeah, and it's like it's not enough that you are averaging thirty five and five. Otherwise, Monte Ellis would have five MVPs. Like you need to, you need to like your team needs to be good. The whole the whole production needs to be and, good. And also, it's a like a legacy award. And like the Jack Lemmon one was definitely a, like a legacy thing. Whereas Jack Nicholson still and wins it the next year. You know, you often got to yeah. have and often Bill Goldman says it that like yeah. It's, it's did Jack weird, did Jack like, Nicholson win for? One fly over the... Yeah. Okay. Any thoughts, Seven? On what? That we haven't shared? <laughs> <laughs> I've, been talking, I've been talking a lot. Yeah. Um, you got anything left, Sam? No, I think we covered all the bases. Um, Do we want to move on to ratings then? Yeah. It's too quick. Do we want to say anything else? Is it, yeah. Keep going. Like, I could talk about this movie all day. If anyone... Like, I'm more... I'm, this pod, like, I'm really interested in you and Dan's thoughts just because Dan and I have both seen it multiple times. Okay, so what, what I wanted to run so through what, what was, what was, was your What was your initial impression yeah. of the twist? So... I just thought Polanski. I was just like... Yeah. Like, you just like classic Polanski? I was like, fucking yeah. Polanski. Because I, I, I think... <laughs> I think besides The Penis, Chinatown was the first Polanski film I saw. Yeah. So I had no Polanski context when that twist came up. Mm, yeah. But I suppose, yeah, we have watched Rosemary's Baby recently and... You know that there's. So, yeah. You knew that something else was going on with her. Yeah. You yeah. could. You couldn't have picked that, right? No. Yeah. But you knew something was going on. Yeah. That was going to be sinister. Yeah. I noticed on that rewatch, especially um, Faye Dunaway's uh, acting in all those scenes pre the reveal, when her dad comes up. Mm. It's like super. The cigarette super, scene. Yeah, super uh, nuanced. Yeah. There's a cigarette scene where she's like, like suddenly losing her shit. And he's like, you've already got one lit. There's the, there's the scene where she's topless and she's super like, hey, how you doing? He mentions her father. And she goes and she's all immediately like, like stiff and covers yeah, she herself. covers herself. And there's all these little, little things. The scene at, okay. when, they're at, when they're at dinner. Yeah. As well. Oh, when yeah. he says, oh, yeah. You spoke with my father. Yeah, 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 yeah. She freaks out then. Yeah, so there's all these little things. Like, as soon as her father's mentioned, like, once you know, you're a bit like, yeah, there's this, like, connection between them that, yeah. like, and it's probably part of the reason why you're so unnerved by their whole. Yeah, I suppose, like, I, I think line. it's probably just the 2020, like, influence of us, but it's literally just me, like, being like, oh, yeah, daddy issues, go on. Be more cliche. Um,. <laughs> But this is yeah, daddy. yeah. This is doesn't get much more daddy than this. <laughs> and um, the the fact that like yeah, I, I did query and didn't make a connection. It's like why is John Houston or John or Noah Cross so keen on the fucking mistress? I don't know, is he yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's he's when he in, when he initially <laughs> hires yeah, he's like, 10K, right? yeah, yeah, to find the mistress, wouldn't she know? Yeah. And, and you're like, you, that's not why you want well, to find you, her. You assume it's a blackmailing thing or something, or just like a general. I suppose he's dancing for blackmailing, but anyway. But yeah, they'd be like, I well, I, I took it um, as like he's killed Mulray. He better kill her too. Cause she yeah, might know. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Does he want the the daughter? Because, like, he wants to spend some time with his daughter or because he wants to fuck another daughter? Look, I think it's 100% wants to spend some time with her now and then I think 100% Turn he, transition, he, yeah. he tries to fuck her at some point. Yeah. 100%. Well, I just... I, again, and I keep the cycle going with another yeah, child? Yeah, the, the Isn't it, wouldn't he be shooting blanks by now? Like, well, it's the metaphor for capitalism, though. They yeah. want your time and then they fuck you over. Like, that's just yeah. how it works. I'm just not going to do it. But you can't yeah. produce anything as beautiful as a child through capitalism. <laughs> I, I want to have one more quick little. 
I want Zan to run me through because Zan's prepared very well for this pod. Oh, I want Zan. I want you to run me through. Where is this in the chronology of Polanski films? Is this one of his earlier films? Is this one of his more, you know... Is I, some, I can just answer this so much better. Is this one? <laughs> <laughs> no, too bad, man. You're no, that's right. right. Is oh, this is a, a, oh, You go, there you go. I'll pick it I up. I want you to hit every single movie for me. Yeah. Uh, no, I he, probably could. He, the back end. He, he, yeah, no, he's, just, he's part, right, doesn't it? What do you mean the back end of his first part? Like he's kind of prominence, isn't... Doesn't he pay pre- after this? No. What does he make after this? Mate, he won Best Picture for The Penis in like yeah, 2000. Yeah, no, 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 like he I comes thought, later. Thought, but doesn't he disappear? And I'm, No, he has some big films in the 90s and the 80s. In the 90s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure this is like 8th, 9th. Blue Moon in the 90s with Hugh oh, yeah, Grant. Yeah. That was a huge film, yeah. It's like 8th, But when is he in exile? But when does he run away? Isn't it after this? He, doesn't he make Tess after this as well? Yeah, he makes Tess after this too. Yeah, Tess was a Which huge film. Which one's Tess? Oh, you're not ready for Tess. Tess of Durbeville, based on the novel. Doesn't he? Doesn't he get exiled or escape after this? He's still making movies in that yeah, time. Yeah, though. No, I yeah, love, yeah. I, I recognise yeah. that. I mean, it's basically it's a bit of a bit of a crash for him personally, but <laughs> he's still making movies. In yeah, he's still, still his like film his filmography is pretty consistent every like three four years. Yeah, he still makes two three in the eighties, two three in the nineties. Yeah, 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 and definitely. Yeah, he, like he made he made still a couple, he made a couple in two thousands. You know. Yeah. Carnage, really great. How is he, is yeah, he, he dead? Made, is, he, is he dead? Is he alive? What's no, he's, he's alive. alive. Yeah, he's alive. He's made he lives in France. He made one relatively recently. I think he made he made um he made that one we loved with Ewan McGregor. Um, yeah, Ghost Rider. The Ghost Rider. Did he make that? Yeah. yeah. yeah I haven't seen that. that? No. No. Fucking great film. Who, who else is in that? And he made Carnage, which was I think pretty re- twenty sixteen or something. Yeah. That was pretty recent as well. He made one a movie last year, but that didn't get a good write up no, from memory. I don't think it did. Yeah. Yeah, it's 7.2 on IMDb yeah. It's not good it's not No good. I, I think um, I watched it And it no. wasn't good <laughs> But yeah But he had he's, He had He had one film I think he did um, uh, He did a remake Of Treasure Island In hey. the 80s No oh, it, It's like Three on IMDb <laughs> People were like The costumes are awful The acting is awful Like And I think he even came out And was just kind of like Yeah you know I don't really know What I was doing Like I do yeah. ratings then. Yeah, Stefan, you want to kick us off? Um, that's a ten for me. That's ten. That's a ten, a hard ten, not a nine point eight. That's a that's a ten. Like, um, that's my favourite film of all time. Has been since I saw it, probably. Yeah. Wow. Um, I don't. Yeah. As. Dan asked that question before. Is there anything we didn't like about it? There's not for me. There's nothing I didn't like. Yeah. I don't like about that I film. Like, I didn't dislike anything. Um, and I, yeah, I couldn't come up with something. That movie that he made is the Tenet, by the way. The one I said before. He did make a movie called The Tenet. Yeah. The Tenet. Yeah, and that's the one. Yeah, and that's the one that he st- stars in. Yeah. Polanski stars in. That was three years after this. Um, but yeah, it's a ten, it's a hard ten for me. Um. I've been in the last thirty seconds. I've been tossing, turning between nine and nine point five, um, questioning whether I can give it the nine point five. Um, and and it's to bring back to another comment. I think like I'm thinking about uh, um, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which is one of my favourite films um, of the recent years. Yeah. Was and that one of your favourite films of the recent I years? I can live with of the recent love years. That I thought you were going to say one of your favourite films. I was like. Uh, of, 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 rec- oh, of recent oh, years, yeah. and I'm yeah, just thinking, okay. I'm thinking, like, I'm just thinking right now, like, what would I rather watch, Blade Runner 2049 or, um, or this film? And that film was bloody amazing. I think I'm gonna give this a 9.5. That was um, just excellent throughout. Um, I mean, obviously, it's an older film. It has a bit more of a slower burn than you would have in a standard film today. Um, mm. But I still, I think, think that's fair. I still think it's worthy of a 9.5. It's, it's just, just for clarity, which of the two would you rather watch? <laughs> this one yeah is that what I just said yeah, I think yeah, so I, I, I missed it it's funny but to be fair I do like Wigan Gosling so as slow as it was I need to watch that again because I watched it at the cinemas and I've seen it once since then and like I definitely like it but to me it's, yeah, it no, wasn't I, like I, a masterpiece don't yeah I don't recall it being a masterpiece um, I remember Dave Bautista has a great cameo at the start <laughs> <of that. laughs> yes <Yeah>. excellent <laughs> um, it's funny that point about the, how old it is because it, it actually ages really well even like obviously if you're slow and feels old, but it holds up really well because one of the over the cooking, I seem to say that, but it's really good. But it's just 
Oh, I don't think it ages well. It's just so slow. It's painfully it's, yeah. slow, yeah. Um, it just it doesn't age well. Great film, but it just doesn't age well. Whereas that one ages really well. Um, I'll give it a nine. Yeah. So what's a ten in your books, sir? What what a ten? Well, I said a few weeks ago that like I don't think we're gonna watch anything that's gonna warrant a ten. But then he's like, I'm gonna pick Chinatown. I'm like, well, I've, I've <laughs> said, like I've openly said that that's my film. You know, kind of thing up there. Um, I just, just want to get I just want to get across Dan's like little thing in here. Are we are we? Is this a nine just because you're reserving like... Well, do you have a... You've only got four or five tens. Would you have... Do you have a... What is it? Do I need to go... Can, yeah, exactly. Give me a can you do say, we need the Communist Manifesto in film form <laughs> so to be a ten? Can you name a film that is a ten to well, you? Well, I have like movies that I just really like. Yeah, but I'm interested though. Well, like Godfather, I'd definitely give it to Oh, yeah. Yeah. But so the reason this one... Yeah, see, that's probably pretty close to a ten for me. The reason I won't give this one a ten is like... The, the incest is the big kind of plot point. I'm not saying it's bad. It's still like it was a good twist and whatever. But I, I, I like I just can't give something that's that weird. Oh, it's the PC Polanski thing, is it? No, it's not. It's, no, 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 it's, no, it's absolutely not that. He cancelled. It's, it's like I'm, it's still really yeah, good. Like I'm, I'm still saying it's really good. I'm still saying I really liked it, but it's just not like incest as a central pop, plot point is not like for me, is not, like, the height of brilliance. It was still good, it was still a good twist, and I still really liked it, and I'm still giving it a nine. Like, that's high. But I just, like, it's not, like, I, I would want more normality or something that's a bit more, like, regular in the central world. That real peak skill in filmmaking. This is still brilliant. It's still really good. But you'd that's what have, I would You'd rather have her being just like a, an unappreciated proletariat. Like. Well, and, <laughs> but, but, so if the film was so good with such like kind of a simple thing, then yeah. yeah. But it was still, it was still great. It's a really good movie. Nine's good score. Yeah, yeah. I just want to hear, I just want to hear more from Dan. I feel like I haven't heard enough from him today. <laughs> is that? Yeah, so this is just like in, in my... <laughs> <laughs> you have any cranny for this? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just realised like, how layered Connor's chair was. Like, sorry. I was like, I don't think we've heard of Jen yet. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Funny thing Connor said or not. Um, yeah, so this is uh, in my like top three all time movies. You could come to me tomorrow and be it's like, good. hey, want to watch Chinatown again? I'd be like, yes, absolutely. Let's lock it in. I don't care. You come to me any time of the day, any time. I'm here for it. Let's go. Let's from Chinatown. <laughs> Let's go to Bird right. coming over. Did you reply, by the way? <laughs> no, <I'm> not... <laughs> Can we read her reply out on no, the let's podcast? Let's leave that name out. Uh, uh, I'm a 10 and that was Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think the next pod we're going to do, by the way, uh, to our loyal listeners, is a... Round robin type yeah. set up. So far yeah, up for that. We could be doing we could be doing four day. podcasts in a day, or just or just one at the end for four hours. <laughs> How good is the last one we 